Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Welcome to the Ant Hill Show. I'm Ant Ant Hill. If this is your first time. This is about to be a fun ride. Where have you been? <laughs> because, uh, yeah, Jay Hill is here, and that means fun commentary is coming your way. Insightful, wise. Yeah, uh, go, go ahead and talk it up. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Let's talk a little bit about 49ers versus Cowboys. I want to get your feel on the game, Jason. What did you think about the game, the huge rivalry? I mean, there's just a lot that goes into this. Uh, and the 49ers, you know, have to do what they did last year and defeat the Cowboys to be able to move on. I think this Cowboys team in some areas on defense was especially were better uh, than they were last year. I think on offense, maybe a step back. They don't have Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup didn't do anything in this football game. You could probably attribute that a lot to the defense. But still, yeah. Um, it, it's always great to beat the Cowboys. Like I, I like beating the Cowboys other than the Rams more than any other team. And that, that, that means Seattle too, because the Cowboys a couple of times in the early, early nineties done broke our hearts. Yeah. Cause those Niner teams were really, 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 really good. And we all knew who, whoever got out of that game was going to destroy whoever came out of the AFC. That was proven. So, I mean, they cost us two Super Bowls and, of that kind of stuff too, but so that that will always be lingering in my deep in the crevices of my blackened heart. So anytime we beat the Cowboys, and I always put a big smile on my face. This Cowboy team, I will give them credit. They, I did not think that they would be as effective against the run. I mean, it took us almost three full quarters to get get the run game really going. So I kind of thought that would be the way to, to break them was to get the run game going early. And then let Purdy cut them apart off play action and moving the pocket. I I thought their their D line did a really good job against us. I didn't like how we did how we 
we didn't cash in the interceptions that, that Dak just gave us. Six out of a possible 14 points, especially first one getting the ball inside of the 25. You got to get in zone there. Just have to. I'm sorry, you do. Robbie Gold continues to be unbelievable. Like the fact that he's never missed a postseason field goal is awesome. Love it. Um, Dak is who I keep telling everybody who Dak is. He is a B, B minus quarterback. Just is. And when you continue to have, pay your quarterback $40 million and he's not a, he's a $25 million player, it costs you a Lionel Collins. It costs you an Amari Cooper. That's how your team will continue to suck. You combine that with Mike McCarthy's great offensive mind and Kellen Moore trying to draw up a play where Ezekiel Elliott is this center. And they just have, once again, great clock management, too. Well, I mean, Mike McCarthy had one heck of a stiff arm, though. Yeah, that stiff arm yeah. he gave to the cameraman, I mean, that, was that was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was fun to see. I mean, as, as someone that's went against the A11 offense, uh, it was fun to see them run an A11 offense in pro football. Uh, it, it was an epic fail. It, it, it did not work. It, it was. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, get as many athletes on the field as yeah. you can when you're trying to do your schoolyard BS. You could throw the ball around. You can see Woo! Dak, as soon as, as soon as he threw it to Turpin, he's, he's running around. up there trying to get in the right position. I'm pretty sure McGovern, who was one of the linemen on the field, was supposed to run up and get onto Jimmy Ward. Uh, but once again, no you have open space. Turpin got too far downfield, I think, a little yeah. bit, and it just it got blown up. But this game was one of those ones that was going to be interesting from the outset because you had a Cowboys team that was very balanced, a good good offense, a good defense, good special teams. You know, Fossil always does a good job yeah, with the special he's a very, teams. Very, very good coach. So I thought, I thought, okay, this is going to be the 40, one of the 49ers' toughest matchups, and I thought. They came out and they navigated through everything that happened. There was a lot of things the Cowboys did that the 49ers either one didn't expect or two expected, but maybe not to the level which they did. And I think one of those areas was speed on defense. Um, the, the speed on defense you could tell was giving the 49ers some problems. Their defensive linemen were able to get across the 49ers' face at times. And it's one of those things where sometimes it just doesn't translate from film to real life. Like yep. you see it on film, but when you get there, it's just a little Ooh. bit different. You have to figure it out. The other thing that I got to give the Cowboys credit for is defensively, Dan Quinn must have recognized what I recognized about his own team from the week before against Tampa Bay. When they played Tampa Bay, they put Micah Parsons and Anthony Barr on the same side. They put Demarcus Lawrence and Van Der Esch on the same side. What that did was leave Micah Parsons and Anthony and Anthony Barr to be dominated. Yeah. Well, this week, they were like, you know what? We're not playing those games with Kyle Shanahan in this running game. And they flipped it so they protected Parsons with Van Der Esch in the run game. Yep. And they protected Anthony Barr with um, um, Demarcus Lawrence. It was a great game plan from Dan Quinn. I thought he did a good job. But in the end, once again, the 49ers wore them down, figured out how to attack them on offense. And then the 49ers ended up winning in almost every single offensive category. Yep. It, my favorite stat was oh, 11 from heaven, the, the great player, the best player player in the world on defense, uh, his numbers against old 71 were just not very impressive. I think he had one hurry. One pressure in 15 snaps. Yeah. Now, even though Bosa didn't get a sack, he got a couple, he got in the backfield, he blew things up, he got a couple 
penalties on him too. So I mean, he he, he clearly, even though he didn't have a huge number game, he had a much bigger impact than than Eleven did, and and that's why soon you, after after halftime, you really didn't see Eleven on that side of the field much because he was, he was getting owned. He just got yeah, owned. By I think 71. his most memorable play is the one where he uses the hump move on Mike McGlinchey. Hip toss. Um, you had the. But you, even that though, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I after that play. Mike did a really good job on him, though, too. Oh, no, I thought McGlinchey, wow. McGlinchey played well. Yeah. I, I think, actually, George Kittle was uh, chipping Micah Parsons, which the 49ers did some early on, uh, and he let him go, and I think it just threw off the timing of where McGlinchey was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, so McGlinchey was trying to get, you know, he was too far up the field, and he tried to come back, and Parsons went underneath with a, I mean, a great hip toss. It, it, was, nice. it, was, it was really nice. John Michaels would have been proud of it. Yeah, then you got to get the bounce back, you know. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it was it was a really this was one of those games that was fun. It kept you on the edge of your seat. You saw great play from both sides. Uh, you saw a really really good and uh, explosive defense. Jason, the 49ers defense rounded right back into form. There's been question marks towards the end of the season against the Seahawks. They gave up 23. Everyone, this 49ers 17. defense is falling off. The garbage time touchdown. Right. Yeah. But the deep, right. And people are starting to question, is this defense good enough? Chavaris Ward got beat against DK. Oh, no. And then Diamond Lenore continues to make plays on defense, coming up with his second interception in the playoffs. To me, they've been trying to go at Lenore, and has it worked like deep with the C.D. Lamb one? Okay, they got one. Uh, but for the most part, he's been all over them. Greg Olson, who, by the way, is really, really good at his job. I, I really hope that even whenever Tom does come, they that they go three-man because he is a joy to listen to. But he said it perfectly. Lenore literally ran the route for Dak, and, and Dak, being Dak, get the ball. To him, uh, defensively, um, the the Cowboys' offense is not that good. Once again, I've told put that for two years on our shows. They beat up on garbage defenses, and when they play halfway decent to uh, above average to a good team, they they don't do anything, and that's the case. The whole world was was in a tizzy. Oh my God, the Dak is back! Here come the y'all beat the Bucks. Brock Purdy hung 35 on the Bucks in his first start. Like, pump the brakes. You, you played a, a real team that's fast and, and physical, and, and you got 12. I think that, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I don't really have a problem with the Cowboys' offense. I think they have weapons. Uh, they had, you know, Tony Pollard, who, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's pretty dynamic in the outside zone and getting out in those tosses to the outside. Those are areas where he's successful. I just think that doesn't match up well with what the 49ers do. If you're a team that's built on getting to the edge, um, they're going to run you down. These linebackers are sideline to sideline fast, and so they can make those plays. And then if you're one of those running backs that's good in the passing game, that's great because the 49ers have proven this year that they can handle running backs out of the backfield and clamp down on them. You might make catches, but you're going to get absolutely stopped right there. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think that is one of those things. What, where the 49ers have had problems is teams that have been willing to run it down their throat, consistently go between the tackles and run it directly at them. Those have been the teams, and that's since that's been for a long time a while, against this yeah. defense because of the wide nine. But most teams can't do that. And I think this was another situation where a healthy Pro Bowl caliber Zeke from three or four years ago might have been an issue. Might have been talking about a different story because their offensive line is built on, he's done. on strength and power. But 
it wasn't there. And the no. 49ers defense clamped down. And you got to give major credit to the secondary. Every single one of those players made a big-time play in this yeah. game from Tarverius Ward knocking uh, Schultz out of bounds, going backwards so, so it keeps the clock that going. That was so smart. One guy knew the situation. One guy one had no guy, clue. No clue. Tayshawn Gibson making tackles early, uh, making pass deflections. Yeah, yeah. I had one. Uh, then you have Lenore with the interception. You have Charveris Ward, you know, making his place. And then Hufanga for like a fourth straight week. No dirty eyes. Always in the right spots. Making just missed plays. a big sack too. He, he, he the just timing missed is Dak. ridiculous. Uh, it is. It, he, he's looked fantastic. So, Jason, this 49ers defense is going to have a huge obstacle we know coming up. But overall, do you think they're playing? back to that height level that they had where they had that stretch where they just didn't give up points in the second half. Last game and a half, they look like what we saw from post-Chiefs game all the way till really late December. And even before the Chiefs game too, really. Like, like, like that was the one game we were like, oh, this is different. And But they, just, they felt for a while that they were half second off or they just weren't quite there. That that same speed and that same attacking ferocity looks like it's back now. So I'm kind of excited about that. Well, let's talk about one of the biggest players on the team. I think we're both going to agree that Fred Warner had his best game, uh, you know, especially of, of this playoff run. But Fred Warner made some splash plays, Jason. And if you've been watching the Ant Hill show all year long, you know that's been one of Jason's problems with Fred Warner is that he hasn't been making enough Splash play. Not him. That they're not not turning him loose to make those kind of plays. Uh huh. Well, he was not. They ma- turned his ass loose this week. Yeah, he, he was all over the field. He was making plays. He was making checks, audibles that were putting. You know that interception that he gets ends up coming from him checking into that coverage and Jimmy Ward coming underneath and Jimmy making did a such great a good play. job. He just he he knew that that ball was going right away. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. Yeah, he knew, Fred knew. I mean, that's why they checked in the play and Jimmy got right where he needed to get underneath CD Lamb and really that CD Lamb uh, matchup with uh with Jimmy Ward seemed like an advantage Cowboys, but it was not. Jimmy Ward the second highest graded on PFF. He made a lot of plays. He only gave up a, he was targeted 9 times, only gave up a couple catches. He did really good. But let's talk Fred. Um, this dude just does it all. He can cover. He can tackle. He can go sideline to sideline. Uh, he's more intelligent than, I mean, I can even imagine a linebacker being getting everyone in the right sets. Just how good is Fred Warner, and how important is he for the rest of the 49ers playoff run? That was a Navarro-type performance. Like, he was that impactful. Like, they... I mean, he literally, he stuffed the run a couple of times behind the line of scrimmage. And then on a big, big play, he's, he's 35 yards downfield on what should have been a touchdown for C. Lamb. And he, and he, he got in the way and broke the pass up. Like it, he, he, he was, I mean, I, I, obviously we, we were talking about the game, but I said right away, that game was his best game of the year. He was absolutely the most dominant player on the field. In, in a game of stars with pro bowlers all over the field on both teams, he jumped off the screen. Like it, it was by far his his best game of the year. Uh, it was it was it was a joy to watch. Like he just, I was in awe of how how much he he rose to the occasion in such a huge game. I think what you got was a full gambit of his abilities, right? Yeah. So you have examples. Number one, you see him flashing behind the line of scrimmage and tackling Tony Pollard behind the line of scrimmage. Going you know, through his hole and making the play. 
Then you see him run sideline to sideline and make that tackle on CD Lamb, where he just absolutely lights him up after a quick screen. Those show his speed, that shows his awareness, like all of that. Then you see the one where Lamb goes down the seam and they've blitzing the slot corner and he's got to get over the top and cover that. And he does. It's a Tampa two. He gets over the top and he makes a great Derek, play on CD Lamb. Derek Brooks esque. Right. It, you, it really you, was. And then you've seen, like we said, the audible and the interception. You've seen every aspect of what you need to be a Hall of Fame caliber linebacker. And he showed every single aspect of that. To me, Fred Warner is just the example of what every single 49er player strives to be is that guy that can just do it all. And he can. I mean, there's not many players. There's I know that I don't know how many linebackers in the league could actually pull this off. I don't think very many. Um, Fred is Fred is spectacular. And one. I have just one. Just Fred. He's he he he's the outlier at, at a, a position that in some ways is becoming not as important as it used to be. Like he's making it still important by the way he he controls an entire game. It's it's nuts. I do have to give some props. To the interior defensive line and the and, and the defensive line for allowing Fred to run free yep. because if they don't occupy blockers for the Cowboys, you've seen it. Team. Armstead reached out, grabbed Martin, and holds on to him. Now he did it a lot more sly and a lot more <laughs> poi, you know, than the Cowboys did it. Yes, <laughs> but by doing that, they allow allow Greenlaw, Fred, Aziz to run free, and when they do, they can make tackles and plays. That's why what Javon Kinlaw does a lot of times. You're not gonna. It's most it fans are not gonna off. recognize no, it. But they're gonna see him and they're gonna be like, you know what? He, he didn't make he, any sacks. He, he didn't make any tackles for loss. He oh. occupied blockers though. Right, and it, that's it, what's it, important. It's the old Tony Teragusa. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get in the way of everyone so Ray and everybody else can do their their jobs. And and that's that's exactly what you need. But Fred, man, he's he's fantastic. Jay Hill, 49ers offense. I want to know if you're concerned about this 49ers offense. Uh, 19 points is not the biggest production against the Cowboys. And they've got, you know, more big matchups, more good offenses coming their way that they're going to have to compete with. But overall, what did you think of the 49ers offense? And do you have any concerns? Or, hey, are, we're just, this is playoff football, and that's how it's supposed to be. Kind of in the middle. Like, like obviously, in playoffs, you're playing better, better teams that, that conceivably have better rosters and more talent. That, that kind of stuff happens. Um. But 19 points on Sunday and hopefully in two weeks will not be good enough because we're playing the two top, or actually probably the, the, the three top candidates for league MVP, essentially there. So, and they all have big time receivers and stuff and, and, and they all can punishing on the ground too. So offensively needs to pick it up a little bit. Um, and like we always talk about, hate seeing field goals, and let's absolutely have to have one. Um, I thought the, I thought Purdy wasn't bad. Like obviously he didn't he he didn't cost us the game, and he made some some big time throws. That 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 throw to Kittle was was brilliant job of just seeing the field in itself. And that the third down conversion to McCaffrey was an absolute dime. Like that was a window about yay big to get that ball in there, and, and, and he drove it right into him. So he made enough plays for us to win. But going forward, he, the offense needs to be be a little more efficient, and just just be a, a, a little better. Like it, the offense was just a 
half step off in a couple plays. They were a half second late, and it just like they had chances to, to make some plays, and they just kind of missed them. So, you know, one of those <laughs> those games. I don't think in any world that Kyle Shanahan and his 49ers offense walked away and was like, that's exactly how we need to play to win the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't. Uh, but I do think that they understand that there are going to be these games where you just have to do enough. Yeah. Uh, you have to go out there and execute at an, at enough. And I think when it comes to Brock Purdy, the big stat is no turnovers. No turnovers, exactly. He doesn't turn over the football. I mean, that was the thing about in Dallas last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. He rolls to the right. He airmails. That ball is and so it's an bad. Interception, Ooh. and that got the Cowboys back into it. There was never those opportunities. The throwaways are still there from Brock Purdy. I think one another thing to remember is you mentioned a couple of throws that he made, but there's like five or six special throws. Yeah. Uh, there's the one where after he gets sacked, he throws the one to Brandon Ayuk uh, that gets the 49ers in field goal range on their first drive that they get a field goal from. Yep. Um, there's the one down the seam to George Kittle. They don't end up scoring on the drive, but it's it's one of those timing spectacular throws that he puts there. This into the first half, getting it to Juan Jennings and coming across the field. That was a really you know, good, to be able really to get ball. a field goal at the end of the half. He just makes those kinds of throws, and his numbers aren't bad. He's 19 of 29, 65 percent completion percentage. To me, if that's what he's doing, I'm excited about it. Would I love to see two touchdowns underneath that? I would. But it doesn't mean that the games are going to provide those opportunities for him to be able to get those. I would love to see them be able to do it. But in the grand scheme, this is what you need in this type of game. Oh, yeah. So I need, you know, we need Brock Purdy to continue to be what they need him to be. If they need him to get over 300 yards and throw three touchdowns, he needs to do it. But in a defensive battle like this, it was coming down to running the football, which they did in wore down Dallas in the second half. And it came down to great defense being able to hold the time of possession and allow your defense to do what they do, limit the amount of times Dallas had the ball. And I thought he did very good in that situation. Kyle said every single game is different. Yeah. You go into it and you do whatever you have to do to win. And I think Brock Purdy was a big part of that. Oh, no, I agree. I, I I also do love the stat that Brock Purdy has as many playoff wins as Tony Romo and Dak Prescott now combined. I, I do kind of enjoy seeing that yeah I mean, he, right i mean two two games two wins um he, he's you know he's done what he needed to do i think one of my concerns for this 49ers offense had to be the run in the first half they just weren't able really to get anything no. going in the run game daniel brunskill really struggled you know a lot of people were very upset with kyle shannon for running the quarterback draw uh with brock purdy but if dan, if dan brunskill makes his block one block away yeah you know so I think Brunskill struggled a little bit. You know, matchups mean everything. So maybe he just was going to, I mean, if it's Aaron Donald, he would have made the block. So it just comes down to matchups. So do they, the 49ers need to pick it up? Do they, Kyle need to, you know, figure out other ways to attack? Yes. Are they going against a different defense in Philly? A better defense, yes. though, too. But it's different. It is. That's the thing. You have different weaknesses, different holes, it, different it's openings. Not as, it, 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 it's more more physical and powerful, but not as as fast though, too. So, so let's flip it, Jason. Let's let's get out of the Cowboys. Let's turn the page. Uh, NFC Championship game: 49ers versus Eagles. What are your first thoughts on this matchup before we break it down even further? So, first thought uh, was it 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 it, it, it kind. Eagles offense is definitely better than the Cowboy offense. Like that, that much we know. But I, I had that same feeling of like, 
okay, you 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 guys just beat the hell out of the worst team to, to make it in the playoffs, roster wise. Tampa Bay. If you lined up player for player, there's more players on Tampa that that you'd take than the the probably player for player Giants. Yeah, one big advantage though, Brian Dabble. Yeah, of course, Brian Dabble. But I mean, and realistically, if you look at the roster versus the Eagles, you take Aquan would start over in any of their backs, and Dexter Lawrence would will probably start inside. Other than that. You literally wouldn't take any other players off the Giants roster, and they'd start on the Eagles on either side of the ball. So this was a gigantic mismatch, and they did what they should do. They they beat down a vastly inferior team. Daniel Jones woke up and realized that he was not playing the Vikings, and he still is Daniel Jones, not Tom Brady. So we saw that. So if you're worried because they they destroyed the Giants and we barely barely beat, beat the Cowboys. That's not what you should be looking at. And I, I was watching, actually, a show that I hardly ever watched yesterday. I was watching Emmanuel Acho, J- Joy Taylor, and uh, Dave Heilman, the, the Cowboy Insider guy. I think it's called Speak. You, you used to be Speak for Yourself. Now it's just Speak. I, I understand. It, 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 it sounds like you're telling your dog, Speak, Speak, Speak. Well, everything gets shorter. I know. You it's know. just dumb. But like, pardon the interruption. You know. Now it's just PTI. Yeah, there you go. But Acho, who I've had some issues with some of his... Uh, Opinions, especially when he tried to say that, that Tua Tungavailoa is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. That was just idiotic, and we all saw that one. How stupid that was! Um, but he he put up a a, a comparison of Jalen Hurts's stats over the last his last seven games, which because he said all we can do is take this and and look at what he did in the same time as as Brock Purdy. Touchdowns accounted for, yards, completion percentage. Uh, quarterback rating, all that stuff is all within like one or two points. Like, it, it, there's no catastrophically, oh my God, Hurts' numbers are off the charts. And so, I, I, I is Jalen Hurts a better quarterback than, than Brock Purdy? Yes. But if you look at the, at the numbers and the production, it's, it, it's not as like, oh my God, it's a huge disparity. So, I thought that was interesting. I still think it's fascinating that coming off the great win versus the Giants and us eking out the Cowboys, the Vegas line set started off at, at, at two and a half, and here we are Wednesday morning. It's still at two and a half. So that's that leads me to believe that the, the those people think this is going to be a really really tight game. And I, then I was watching my usual show, The Herd. And Colin went through and and named the ten best players on the on, on the teams combined. We had five; they had five, and, and, and actually we had the top two, which I I thought was kind of kind of interesting too. Uh, as far as playmakers go, both teams have all kinds Loaded. of weapons. Yeah. Uh, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Going through, I did a tail of the tape video, which you haven't watched. Go check that out. Uh, you know, and went through all their offensive production, you know, how many points per game for each team and, and so on. And what you started to notice was the 49ers and Eagles are pretty much mirrored in almost every category, anywhere from, you know, one to five and almost everything across the board. Uh, they're a good rush offense. They're a good, you know, passing offense. 
Uh, they're a good rush. No, they're a good pass defense. Struggle a little bit in the rush defense they're, category. They weren't as good, yeah. Right, and then you get the 49ers where they struggle a little bit in the pass, you know, department as far as defense, where they have a very good rush defense, the best in the league, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I know they ended up finishing second to Tennessee, but uh, to me, these two teams are evenly matched. I think there are matchups in this game that are going to be very interesting. One of those is Jalen Hurts' legs against the 49ers defensive line. Um, I think that's going to be right? yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. I don't know about the spy thing. Really? Um, no, I think it's more about just rushing with you know your lane integrity, uh, allowing Jalen Hurts to throw the football, make him beat you the same way you want to do Dak Prescott. That's part of the reason the 49ers only get hurries on Prescott and not sacks is they're trying to stay in their rut. They're not going reckless abandon. Stay in your rush lanes and then make him, you know, throw the football from the pocket. And if he does get loose, you're right there. That's also why you bring blitzes off the edge to create a five-man rush so that way you can keep him within. It was all designed that way, and that's something similar you're going to do to Hurts. Now, Hurts is better with his legs than Dak Prescott. It's, it's not close. Faster uh, and he's better yeah. at... <laughs> At breaking tackles, too. The design runs that dude. they're going to run are better. The RPOs are better. Yep. Uh, and one area, Jason, I want to talk to you about is that they're really better is the Eagles' offensive line. The Eagles' offensive line versus 49ers' defensive line is going to be one of those matchups. And you're actually going to get the inverse, too. But yep. let's talk about this because I want to talk about the Eagles' offensive line. Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata. Uh, these, these guys are just – they got so much talent. Dane Johnson. Yeah, they've got so much talent on their o- offensive line. Do you think I, I think they have the best offensive line in the league? Yeah. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to consistently create holes, you know, for Miles Sanders and this run game, Kenny Gainwell, to be able to uh, get a solid run game going against the 49ers' top rush defense? Consistently, no. But will they have drives that they do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's that's what they've proven all year is that that they'll be able to run ball at least at on some level i mean they've had multiple games of 225 yards rushing or more so that's what they do and i'm very curious to see how D'Amico will if he'll use some run blitzes or something to to try and slow down that machine yeah what we've seen is we've seen some some varying from him uh, when they played the seahawks it was Tashawn Gibson that accounted for Geno Smith in the in the uh, read option game, and he made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, this last week, you've seen them keeping their defensive ends out there when Dak would run it and not having them crash down the line of scrimmage. I think what it has to be is a very varied game. So confuse the reads for Jalen Hurts uh, up front in the read option and the RPO. Uh, sometimes let it be the DN. Sometimes have it be a linebacker. Sometimes bring Hufanga into the box and allow him to do it as well. I think this is one of those weeks that, out of necessity, you play a soft eight-man box. And what you're, what I'm, I don't know if people will understand what I mean is, don't bring Hufong or Gibson all the way up next to the linebackers like we've seen, but bring them kind of in an in-between area where they can help take away the RPO, but still be able to come up and help the run and kind of control what Jalen Hurts is able to do with his legs. By keeping them a little bit deeper, you're going to get a different type of look and play from those guys. But they're going to want those safeties involved in stopping yeah. the run because no matter what, you still want to make Jalen Hurts throw the football and you still want to make the Eagles offense one-dimensional. And even when you do that, this Eagles offensive line is so good. Are you going to be able to get home without manufacturing pressure and bringing Fred and Dre yeah. and these extra guys? Yep. 
it, it, I mean, it's going to be a, a fun game just tactically, just because the lines of scrimmage on both sides will absolutely determine who advances to Arizona. Yeah, I think I and well, I'm curious where Bosa goes. I'm sure there'll be a lot of stunts. If the Warriors can force third and longs, they got an opportunity to win yep. this game. Uh, of course, don't expect man coverage on third and long because if you're turned in running, uh, more than likely run, 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 right behind you. Yeah, this is the old. Don't end up being Green Bay against Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> right. Don't want that to happen. Let's talk 49ers playmakers. Uh, they didn't make a lot of plays. They made some. George Kittle showed up five for 95. Um, you know, <clears throat> Debo got involved for, for, you know, 45 yards. Like it, it was pretty good, but these guys are going to have to step up in a big way against Philly and Philly has all kinds of ta- talent with Gardner Johnson and Darius Slay, big like play Darius Slay. they got some players. So what do the 49ers playmakers need to do in this game to be able to defeat the sea, uh, defeat the Eagles? I think the place to attack them is to, it's really Try and get them as spread out as possible and, and attack their linebackers. Like get the ball off quick because they had over seventy sacks this year. They they had four guys with ten plus sacks, but their linebacking core is not exactly their best. though, too. So yeah, Hassan Reddick's an absolute beast when it comes to the pass rush. But he's not uh, a coverage guy. Though. He's not, and so the Forgers are are well aware of who Hassan Reddick is. Yeah. Played against him in Arizona like they know it. What I saw in the early film that I've been watching is Kaiser White is the weakness. Uh, finding matchups, Saquon Barkley would beat him out of the backfield and get positive yards. To me, that's a matchup you want to locate. That one was one that I think the 49ers could take advantage of. The other one that I've started to notice is Reed Blankenship, uh, the free safety. Do I like Reed? Yeah, I've been breaking him down since he before he came out in college. I broke him down one year because I liked him and a small school guy. But I think that there are some advantages for the 49ers in the passing game if they can get a one-on-one type matchup with Reed Blankenship. Plus, George Kittle's just massively bigger than he yeah, is. Yeah, he's got a size So I think that you have to find those little key matchups that you can take advantage of and then put your playmakers in those situations. But once again, we're talking about getting matchups on linebackers and safeties, the same as Dallas. Yep. Um, and those are the keys to the game because – what are they going to do to Debo and Brandon Ayuk on the outside? They're probably going to clamp them down. They kept the safety over the top of Debo pretty much the whole game Dallas did. From the Eagles, I'm looking at that and be like, okay, we can take Debo out doing that. So how do the 49ers find creative ways to get the ball into Debo's hands where he can make plays? Green game, Jets, keep him, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. You know what I mean? And they, they tried to run some quick screens and stuff. I felt like Dallas did a really good job. Um, you know, it's slowing those things down, but I think Kyle's got now he saw a, a way that the Cowboys handled them. Yep. There's absolutely no way you can run the same defense Dallas did and stop the 49ers because they're going to come in with a different scheme because you have different weapons. And now Kyle saw how someone was going to do it, so it's going to be different. Yep. Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Well, let's th- let's talk about the Eagles offense because this Eagles offense we talked a little bit about it with Jalen Hurts. The dynamic ability, but I want to talk about some of their skill players we have. And we talked about Hertz. Let's talk about AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Wes Watkins, Dallas Goddard. This team is stacked. Can the 49ers defense take away all these guys? They just went against a Cowboys team that had a lot of talent. Can they do it to the Eagles? Uh, I, I mean, they're not going to hold the Eagles 12 points. I'm, I'm. They're just not like. I'm sorry. There, there, there's too many weapons, and the the Eagles' scheme is, is too creative. Where they're they'll they'll break 
a, a at least one big big play on us. And so that's just that's what they operate. But one thing though too is it can they be slowed down? You know, if we can hold our coverage for a second longer, that gets that gets pass rush there. The only guy who on their team who really makes contested catches is AJ. Everybody else, it, it it's kind of like our, our offense where, they, where they're just running uncovered. So it I don't know, this this to me, like I said, this, this is just gonna be a fascinating game because there's so many good players, and that that's the advantage when you don't have, don't have to pay your quarterback. When you don't have to pay pay a quarterback 15 percent of your your your, your salary cap. You can put as many good players out there as possible, and un- unfortunately for the, the Titans, they didn't want to want to pay AJ, and it, it it got their GM fired, like because he's he's that that much of a monster. Yeah, AJ Brown is. I think if I was gonna pick somebody uh, for Traverse Ward to go against, it would be AJ Brown. I, I'm saying body type because uh, he's big, he's it's physical. Huge. Uh, he's not as fast as like a DK Metcalf, but he's still got enough wheels. But I think that's where you start getting it. You know, Traverius Ward likes to play physical. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is a better matchup than even DK. Now with AJ though, he can run every route in the book. Yep. Uh, the dude's the dude's a complete wide receiver. Uh, he's he's definitely a scary you know proposition. The 49ers have to go in there with the thought that we're gonna take away AJ Brown and we're gonna try to take away Devonte Smith. Then what we're gonna do is use our linebackers to try to neutralize Dallas Goddard. All the while, Quez Watkins uh, is probably going to get some favorable matchups against Jimmy Ward, and you know what I mean, things like that. If that guy beats us, though, right? And he, I mean, he did. He <laughs> did okay. last year a little bit. He had the big play down the field. Tart ended up running ninety down. yards, yeah, and and got no points out of it. You're right. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's one of the things to remember. I think with the Eagles' offense, they have all these weapons and all this talent. I think it's still predicated on them getting Miles Sanders in this run it's game. It's all about going. the run game first. If Absolutely the 49ers, if the 49ers cause third and medium to third and long, they can get off the field against the Eagles. Yep. And I think that would be huge. But I don't think they have an abundance of weapons to where you're like, we can't possibly slow them down. Can no. you stop them? Probably not. Can you slow them down? Potentially. What does that mean? Hold them to 20 points. I think if you hold them to 20 points you and you chance. score 21, you win the game. I, I, th- I think too, it, 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 you know, all year long we've heard about, oh, Niners offense is so good because they play against a defense every day. Well, that defense has, has to play against that offense every day too. So they, they get the idea of, of having to play multiple skilled players too. So that, that will help them out. I mean, they'll also help out the Eagles team though too, because that's, they do every day in practice too, but their their run defense is like twenty fifth though too, so that could be an advantage. Yeah, they give up one hundred and twenty. I think it's one hundred twenty nine yards per game yeah. on the ground. It's it's not the best run defense. There are holes in their run game for sure. Uh, where they're dangerous. If you get to third and five plus, they're coming. Hard. They have every single defensive line that could come at you, and it's it's not just the fr- it's not just the first group. It's waves. Yeah, uh, they have guys, they yeah. have more guys. I mean, when Robert Quinn is a backup. Uh, That's they're, scary. they're scary. And I think this, this Eagles defense is scary. And Dominican Sue, I watched him a little bit. He's definitely taking a step back, uh, but they got a lot of talent on the defensive line. To me, if I'm the 49ers, I'm playing ahead of the sticks against that Eagles defense. Have to. So let's talk about your bold prediction, Jason, really bold prediction, 49ers versus Eagles. 
Um, really bold. Brock throws more touchdown passes than Jalen does. Ooh, I like it. Really bold. I like that. Brock Purdy showing up. And so now it's time. The score prediction, Jay Hill. 49ers versus Eagles, NFC Championship. Who's punching their ticket to the Super Bowl? 27-24, Philadelphia. Whoa! You just picked against the 49ers? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'll tell you this, though. though I, I think they're so evenly matched that... that I think if this was at Levi's, I'd go the exact same score, but I just the Niners. I can't believe it. I I can't believe it. Oh, you know what else is pretty funny though is during the win streak, all we hear is, "Oh, well, who who have they beaten? Who who have they beaten?" The the Eagles' strength of schedule is actually worse than Niners was yeah, this you, year. Yeah, you picked them to win. I did. Oh. What kind of fan are you? <laughs> What kind of fan are you? You're the worst. Jay Hill's the worst. I hope you all let him have it in the comment section down well, below. It's uh, called being honest. Yeah, so Jay Hill's being honest. So next week when we do our uh, show, show celebrating going to the Super Bowl. Then I'll be happy we guy. Can, we can I'll, also lambast I'll be, Jason. I'll be glad to be wrong. Yeah, well, you're going to be wrong. So <laughs> get ready for it. But everyone, thanks for watching the Ant Hill Show. I hope I'm wrong. Looking forward to next week where we get to celebrate, hopefully. Uh, so come back through next week for that. And there's going to be all kinds of great content on the channel all throughout the week. Check it out uh, and let me know what you thought of this. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Join everyone that's been subscribing. It's been really great. You guys are the best, and we'll catch you on the next one. Go Niners. That's the first time I've picked against Niners since the Chief game, so. Yeah, and you better never do it again. I've been right for 13 games in a row, so. Going to be wrong this time, home slice. Oh, uh, 49ers I so. win. I hope so.